I'm your weatherman. Yeah, I'm your weatherman. And we're all like, yeah, you know, we kind of dropped the weatherman thing after the first, like, <laughs> five minutes. Is that sung by someone that I shouldn't insult because I want to insult it? Hey, welcome to Your Inner Child and Idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name is DJ. I'm Damon. I was about to take a sip of coffee. You were <laughs> you were frozen there for a second, too, so I was just like, well, he is playing this bit out. <laughs> this very visual, silent <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, we're going to look at Bill Murray's, Harold Ramis's, Bram Stoker's, Bram Stoker's Groundhog Day. It is Groundhog Day. It is. It is near Groundhog Day, so it felt appropriate. We've made it through, I don't know, 20 years of doing this podcast without doing Groundhog Day. Uh, we try to We're like, rounding you know, up to the nearest Groundhog Day. The- <laughs> we tend to theme around holidays. Why not Groundhog Day? The problem with this movie, Damon, mm-hmm. is it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'm going to have mm. trouble being uh, you know, objective, which I guess we aren't really ever objective. I've never claimed to be objective. This is literally about the two of our, our opinions about yeah, movies. We're not, the, we're not the Fifth Circuit Court. We just are hosting a fucking podcast. I have a hypothesis. This movie was actually bad. And then we watch it. We test the hypothesis. Mm. And then, yeah. Have several other places uh, tested a few hundred times. Try to get an article published. Yeah. Gotta, gotta, gotta know someone to get in those journals. But it's on like io9 instead. <laughs> Did you grow up watching this movie? Was this like a big movie for you? I don't know if it was a big movie, uh, but I want to. It's one of those movies like when it's on, I usually then will watch it through to its yeah. finish, and uh, I always enjoy it. And this is was my be- intro because of the nature of the movie. Which, if somehow you don't know what we're talking about in the movie, Bill Murray lives Groundhog Day, the day over and over again, and doesn't know how to get out and eventually makes his way out. But it's an alternate uh, Christmas carol, but now we're yeah. learning the importance of Groundhog Day. But it also because of the nature of the movie, it's very repetitive because he's mm-hmm. living the same day over and over again. Even I have both seen this movie hundreds of times probably <laughs> and it feels like thousands of times. Okay, let's say <laughs> let's say I've actually seen this movie dozens of times, but it feels like hundreds of times. How about that? That's probably more accurate. After just a a few viewings, you start to pick up. I mean, just after one viewing, you start to pick up. I mean, it's playing that uh, repetition over and over again. Um, Just put your little hand in my... That's the song we should have sang at the beginning. Wait, what's that song? Uh, Babe. I got you, babe. That's the every morning he wakes up. I got you, babe, on the radio. I remember that this movie came out a few years after a short film called 1201 a uh, 1201 p.m which my brother taped off of the showtime movie network mm-hmm. and it starred that guy from that 70s show he was the gang leader in robocop ashton kutcher you probably re- you probably remember him uh as uh as like the the head cop in the little loved movie oscar starring sylvester stallone Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vilmer um, Valder... What is his name? Vilmer Valderrama? Mm-hmm. That yeah. joke is uh, just as funny when you don't remember the person's name. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> and uh, it was about a man who lived the same half hour? Or no, just the Ooh. same hour over and over again. Okay. At the end of the movie, he uh, 
shoots himself in the head, and wow. brains go all over the place. And then uh, he wakes up again, crossing the street where he starts every twelve o one p.m. And then you realize he's consigned to forever live the same hour over and over again. Jesus. Which is actually, I mean, it sounds really dark, but Bill Murray also kills himself, he kills himself. several, it's, several it's just, hundred times. It's just like a PG uh, rated Version movie. So yeah, yeah, you don't see any brain matter hit hit a wall, for example. Yeah, he he runs into a train. He drives uh, his car off the. Does he actually drive into a train? He dri- he, d- he does. He drives himself into a train. He th- uh, yeah, hurdles right. his car with the groundhog off a cliff. He, he electrocutes, electrocutes himself. himself in the tub. He jumps off a building. Yeah. We have a assigned uh, photograph of Bill Murray that my dad, uh, my dad went through a very brief phase of like collecting some like autograph photos. He kind of like got a few and then was like, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) And one day he has Bill Murray and it's just, it's Bill Murray, like with his arms outstretched on the top of like a tower where he like, I was like, that's cool. Also, this is a really dark moment in the movie to have a photo of. What a weird thing to make your, uh, your eight by 10 glossy (laughs) is uh, that. Yeah. A lot of weird steps because someone had to like make that or, you know, both take that as a still from the movie, then like frame it, you know, like or decide this was the one that they were going to push. Then like bring it to Bill Murray to sign it. And then also my dad or whoever got it for my dad to purchase it. (laughs) Also weird to think that having someone's signature was worth something. Remember that phase we went through? Like I never understood autographs. It always we're seems still weird to me. sort of in it, but we're definitely at the tail end of it, especially with selfies. People want selfies. Yeah, no one has a hard hard copy of a photograph. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. someone was like, uh, "What was the one of the celebrities the other day was like, I won't take a selfie with you, but I'll talk to you." And it was like, Ugh, Ugh, "That my friends can't. Jesus. My friends can't hear a conversation. I can't share that on Instagram, nor would anyone <laughs> want me to." Before we get into this, uh, to, to watching it, I feel like we have to talk about probably what will be the most problematic part of this. And I say problematic with a lowercase p, which is <laughs> Annie McDowell. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, she's a nice woman. Um, you know, she was recently on the cover of one of the Vogues, one of the various uh, Vogues with her she's beautiful a handsome gray woman. hair. Um, she's great. She seems really nice, really sweet. Not the strongest plank in this in this uh, Groundhog Day bridge. I never really, it never really bothered me, even this movie being a favorite of mine, until you pointed it out uh, one time. You you kind of went on a somewhat of a rant. I don't no. remember the. I don't remember no. the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A long was, continued strain of angry thoughts. From it me? was really out of character. <laughs> You were you were having a a, a vegan meal and <laughs> punching kittens. I was trying to think of a bunch mm-hmm, of air mm-hmm, out of character mm-hmm. things. Just voting um, Republican over and yeah. over. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been like, yeah, she is kind of bad in this. I never like up, like applauded her efforts or anything. It just it was just kind of like it's very um, you know. I think we're going to be able to poke some holes in, you know, her depiction as a character as well as her portrayal. Part of that is her fault. Part of that is definitely not her fault as far as, like, her role as a woman in this movie, you know? I don't think of her as... uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have no doubt that I wanted an extended rant about Andy McDowell at some point. (laughs) 
I don't think, I mean, this role, if memory, my memory is sort of saying that she sort of fits into this role very well because her role is like sort of a naive, new, like green around the gills producer, very a positive woman, relentlessly positive. It drives Bill Murray insane that she's just so yeah. positive and chipper and, you know, she's a morning person. And those all seem to track with my imagined version of Andy McDowell. Right. In real, like, her whole thing. Now, in now the reason I have such a visceral hatred for Andy McDowell's body of work um, is that in Hudson Hawk, she uh, took over a role from Isabella Rossellini, from Death Becomes Her, mm-hmm. where she plays an, a nun. Uh, now you're saying, oh, is this nun from the American South? No, her name is Anna Baragli, but Andy McDowell plays her exactly the same as every Andy McDowell role with a, like a sweet Southern charm. It's so distracting and weird <laughs> um, when she's so obviously supposed to be Italian. I think that's when that hatred started. And also, I think I just got it uh, by osmosis from my brother who hates her with a, a yeah, white okay. hot passion. Wait, you say took over from Isabella Rossellini. It was Hudson Hawk like a TV show? What do you look? No, uh, Isabella Rossellini got preggers and so she had to oh, draw that movie. Okay. So but it was like obvious that it was like written around her or for her or whatever. Yeah. It was I written about it. an Italian woman. <laughs> got it. Okay. Aggressively uh, you, Italian woman. I don't let's let's talk more uh, after we watch the movie. I don't think I have yeah. too much more to say. Let's I, stop attacking this the one woman in the movie. Maybe we should just stop attacking her relentlessly and support women for once, DJ. Maybe it's hard when Bill Murray probably just, he apparently improv the entire movie. That's what I just read. <laughs> he would say something. He was like, and then I'm going to go to the diner. And they'd be like, fuck, we got to build a diner. Oh, God, now. We got to build a set. for us. <laughs> We're going to watch Groundhog Day. Watch along with us. We'll be back after this. Damon, um, one of the ways that you can support our podcast, I don't know if you know this, is you can go to patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. Hold and on, I was still writing. Can you say it again? Patreon.com. Yeah, and that's with an I? No, that's with an E. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I meant at the beginning. It has an I at the beginning? No. You know no. how I sometimes make a plosive sound? You're thinking You're thinking of uh, an iPod. Ah, uh, um, okay. Go ahead. Um, you can support the show uh, at different levels, and we'll, we'll read your name in the credits. We'll write your name in the written credits. Uh, get spe- access to special episodes, all that kind of stuff. A very special episode. Can I get the episodes slightly earlier than other people would, and then gloat yes, about you can. it in, in on my, uh, you know, commute? You absolutely could. You could dance on their graves. Why are they dead? Why are I don't they know. dead? Why am I on a commute with dead people? One first question. Second question: Why are the commuters dead? Why am I on a train full of dead people? But I'm still alive. Is it an unbreakable situation? A lot of questions about this Patreon site you're talking about. A lot of questions. Damon, uh, one of the ways you can support the, <laughs> the show, I don't know if you know this, is uh, to go to patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. And we are back. We watched Groundhog Day. Harold Ramis's Bill Murray's Andy McDowell's. You're Stephen Tobolowski. Tobolowski. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to recap this movie? Yeah, I'd love to, if that is your wish. Uh, wish is strong. I would like you to. 
All right. So uh, Phil Connors is a weatherman in the Phil- the greater Philadelphia area. Um, and he uh, is kind of a prick. Pittsburgh? Is it Pittsburgh? Is it Pittsburgh? I thought it was Philadelphia. Yeah, it was Pittsburgh. Could have sworn it was Philadelphia. I think it's Pittsburgh. Hmm. Well, this whole recap sh- shit now. He's in a greater municipality of the Pennsylvania, of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Um, and he goes to Punxsutawney to see the groundhog. And while he's there, he's sort of trapped in a time vortex. So he wakes up one day. It's Groundhog Day. He treats everyone like shit. Um, he can't leave Punxsutawney because of a blizzard, goes back to sleep in his bre- bed and breakfast. And wouldn't you know it? The next day, he wakes up in Punxsutawney, is kind of an asshole to everyone, uh, and can't leave mm. Punxsutawney. Then he goes to bed, he wakes up, he's kind of an asshole to everyone in Punxsutawney, goes to bed, wakes up, slightly lesser asshole to, in, to everyone in Punxsutawney, goes to bed, wakes up, suicidal asshole in Punxsutawney, <laughs> goes to bed, wakes up, still suicidal, still suicidal, still suicidal. Then he's kind of a creep. Uh, in Punxsutawney, uh, creeping mm. on his producer, Andy McDowell. Uh, I think that was before suicidal, but... F- fair enough. <laughs> um, creeps on her for a few thousand lifespans, and uh, then eventually he decides to be a good person of his own uh, volition and uh, wakes up on February 3rd. <gasps> Still did. to I Got You, Babe, by Sonny and Cher, though. Little they got Which is you, a though. fun song to wake up to, if I'm going to be honest. I think, yeah, I think after the the first 1,000 days or so, though, I might get a little sick of it. <laughs> oh, fair enough. That clarinet or maybe an oboe, it's some sort of woodwind. Boop, 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 boop. boop, boop. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's kind a of a skiing accident. Yeah. Share, I mean. That yes. was a prophecy. Oh, God. <laughs> kind of a movie that recaps itself, too, right? Like, well, <laughs> you know... You get a you get a recap as you're going. Every um, every five minutes or so, you get a nice recap of the movie so far. For some reason, I never really paid attention to who was directing movies, other than like the obvious like Steven Spielberg sort of situation. I would not I would not know as a child. And this was the first time where I realized because I was like, "That's the guy from Ghostbusters." And somebody I think probably leaned over to me and was like, "He directed this movie." And I was like, "Actors can direct." It blew my mind. You didn't know the old stereotype of what I really want to do is direct. Yeah, I didn't know. I was, I was, I did not grow up in Hollywood. That's why. <laughs> that's why I'm not a famous movie star. That's the only reason. Are you insinuating that you would have to know someone in the business to get into Hollywood? Like, I won't, I'll say this: you don't have. Would to you know say someone? that to Jake Gyllenhaal and his sister Maggie Gyllenhaal? <laughs> Are you just going to list celebrities now that have family connections? Because we don't have the time. (laughs) Phil Connors is a pretty good weatherman. He's very entertaining. Uh... Yes, uh, I thought he was uh, pretty engaging, surprisingly engaging, uh, yeah. because we had a tornado just recently here in Tennessee, and so I was yes. watching the weather, and they are not nearly as engaging, nor would they, it be appropriate that they would be as well, engaging there's a tornado. Hopefully, Phil and we would, got this uh, huge destructive tornado yeah. coming in this way. Uh, you're going to want to take cover for people in Mount Juliet, by the way. 815 should be there. I'm not joking. Everyone get in the basement. No, but seriously. But yeah, he does. He says like, and we got this big blue thing for the cold front, which <laughs> I really enjoyed. I like it because weather, weather reports are oddly um, 
a high level, I think, for for just the yes. general viewing audience. And they'll yeah. talk about cold fronts and low fronts. You've got those triangles. You've got those circles. Um, and I'm like, I don't know. Even watching the reports for this tornado recently, they were like, and you look here. You you see that? That's rotation. And I'm like, it's just a sort Is of a, looks a blank circle surrounded by green yeah. on one side or red on that, that the other side. Is that what I should be looking for, sir? Mm-hmm. I always think it's kind of amazing that they talk about low fronts and 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 uh, high fronts. High fronts. You will you learn you learn like new words like derecho and like. It's just always, I'm like, I just, is, is it going to rain or what? That's really all I want to know. You don't have to tell me about the low front and the, the cold front. And they're like, I went to school for 12 years studying meteorology. <laughs> I have no fucking idea if it's going to rain today. <laughs> I should say, I have some idea of whether it I don't know that there is not. a low pressure area coming in. That's what yeah. I know. And you're going to listen to it, damn it. Yeah, he is a pretty engaging guy. I, um... I meant to talk about this about my last thing, but I will say uh, one of the more weird things about this is that we are actually watching this during the Christmas season. So one of my movies Whoa. that I watch at Christmas. Sorry, Behind everyone. The curtain. One of the things that I watch at Christmas is Scrooge, which is thematically a very similar movie to this, also with Bill Murray. And in this movie, he just seems like kind of an asshole, but also kind of an asshole you'd, if you were like, if you had a general grievance with someone else and you knew that Phil Connors hated that person too, you'd want to sit down next to him at a bar and like, oh yeah, because he's going to unleash. Because he would be a fun person to like have a bitch yeah. sesh with. But uh, I think one of my big problems with this movie, big problem is is a big stretch on my part, but is that he just seems pretty low-level asshole. It doesn't seem like the universe would upend itself just to fix this guy. It's right. not like he's a dictator or an authoritarian unlike, person unlike with his real character, power. Yeah, unlike his character in Scrooge, who is, like, actively mean. Yeah, he like, he has yeah. he requests that someone staple antlers to a mouse's head at some yeah. point during the course of Scrooge. And it's and also he's also surrounded in Scrooge by genuinely nice people right, uh, constantly right. that he's treating really poorly. Whereas in this movie, I feel like the movie doesn't know whether the people that are around Phil are n- nice people. Or if they're kind of annoying in a very specific way. Well, it's, um, that's, even, a, that's the Chris Elliott factor. I think. Right. That is I, I, that is one of my notes. Is that Chris yeah. Elliott, like at the beginning, seems like a put upon uh, a cameraman, and then by the end of the movie, the movie is also kind of dunking on him in a weird way. And I'm well, like, and he starts okay, movie. Like, Let's all just calm down. Before Phil says anything to him, he's like razzing Phil, which is like fine, but it does seem like these two people aren't like enemies, but they're definitely like kind of like. He's hard on. They're hard on each right. other. You they're know not, what I mean? Like they're not friends. Yeah, exactly. And that, and Larry kind of like, and who knows what happened? You know, before we meet, meet these people, but like he kind of starts it in in this movie, which kind of makes it like interesting. That, right, it like, puts you on the wrong footing, maybe to begin. Yeah. the the process of wanting Phil to get better, and and also I think it also is a factor that. Um, Chris Elliott can kind of hold his own with Phil at the at least right. the beginning of the movie. It doesn't seem like he's like a, a Bob Cratchit uh, figure right, where he's right. just like, oh, please don't fire me, sir. Because Phil doesn't really have any power anyway. You know what I like about this movie? I, I love a, a Pembroke J. Herring edited movie. 
And, and <laughs> what does that mean? I'm, I'm this, sure it means something. Go this on. man's name. Just the, I was just reading the credits. It's Pembroke J. Pembroke J. Herring. A rags to riches story if I've ever heard a name. He passed away last year, apparently. Oh, I'm um, sorry to the Herring family. He's a film editor. I'm sure he's talented. He he did a lot of uh, filmography for... Filmographied. Uh, stu- Multiplicity, another uh, great uh, Harold Ramis joint. Uh, Stuart <laughs> saves his family. Okay. Uh, uh, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Friend Ghost of the pod Dad. coming in. Ghost yeah. Dad. Ooh, that one's Ooh. that one may not want to bring up just casually like that. Out of Africa. Uh what is Johnny out of Africa? Dangerously. Wait, out of Africa with Meryl Streep? That's the one. That's her. Pembroke J. Herringbone. Nor is it just herring. We get pretty uh immediate sexual harassment from uh <sighs> Phil as well. That that kind of made him unlikable. I don't know about like stop the <laughs> stop the world for for uh, a near infinite amount of time. Uh, kind of bad, but he he asks you know Rita is his new producer. He's just meeting her, right? Annie McDowell's character, and she says you know is there anything I can do for you? And he says would you help me with my pelvic tilt? Oh, just gross. It's pretty gross. Yeah. I did like that Andy McDowell. I know we shat on her in the intro. I was I was charmed by her in the beginning when she talks about the groundhog. And maybe yeah. it's just the interplay between her and uh, Bill Murray. Keep in mind, this yeah. is pre-resurrection uh, Bill Murray, pre-conversion uh, Bill Murray. That Wait, they are what? sort of, before he gets converted, they are the, at the beginning of the movie where he is still a, ostensibly an asshole. Oh, I got you. I thought you meant. Bill Murray, I don't the mean, actor. I was like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. Uh, this is a pre-conversion uh, Phil Connors. Does that, I know you're an immersive person and you, you, uh, you're no, a I mean, but actor. I thought you were going to, I thought you were about to tell me Bill Murray's a Scientologist or something and I was about to freak oh, out. Oh, no. Okay. I thought there's anything wrong with Scientology. Mm. Obviously it's fine. Please don't Satan us or whatever happens. <laughs> Uh, but they have like a cute interplay about the groundhog where yeah. um, she talks about the groundhog comes out of the, the, the tunnel. She does not have that accent, nor is that the line she says. Um, and he, <laughs> you know, talks about the, the, the Lincoln Tunnel. <laughs> you can't, he has to hang up his cell phone before he goes in there. Oh, yeah. You're not going to be keeping that reception. call going, groundhog. Sorry. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Solid Andy McDowell impression. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Once again, thrilled by my accent work. I no, no, it's it's no notes really for me. Spot on. Yeah, yeah. You're doing great, uh, Andy McDowell. Famous Mancunian actress. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. There is some sexual harassment at the beginning. That's a little bit more than I. <laughs> Could just sort of write off. Uh, it was yeah. a little bit of uh, him uh, asking her to come up to his room. It yeah. didn't feel flirty. It just felt creepy. No matter how much Andy McDowell smiled it off, uh, it made me uncomfortable. And then it raised so the like question of like, do I want to save this person? Do right, I, Are you right. trying to make me you know, sympathetic towards him? It's almost as if she's been dealing with this her entire life and knows how to laugh it off. So right. People leave her alone. So that she can get ahead in her career, mm. which is, you know, probably a factor for many women. Yeah. So, I mean, we can talk. Let's just talk about 
uh, Andy McDowell, since we're since we're on the subject. Uh, so she's maybe a little wooden, um, and I do think that her character has some insufferable qualities that also soften over time. Not because she changes, but because her edge towards Phil changes as mm. he becomes a genuinely good person. She kind of softens because it, she's like, he literally says, she says, what should we drink to uh, when they the, have drinks? Mm-hmm. And then he says to the groundhog and she says, I always drink to world peace, which is like, that's like, that's a teenager level bullshit. Like well, you just asked. Level bullshit. And yeah, I was going to say, she asked him what he's, what yeah. are we going to, if you always drink to this one thing, just which seems it. like yeah. a weird thing to be like real stickler about, then yeah. just, just take the toast yourself. Don't offer to someone else and then call right. them out as being an asshole. Yeah. It's a test. Also, first of all, it's, it's a very generic toast. Let's be specific. You know, where peace all over the world. I mean, like let's, let's talk about some real, real things. Let's, uh, Tangible you know, things. Immigration reform. Let's like pick some pick some things. Denuclearizing. Like what are we what are we <laughs> what are we talking about? What are we talking about? There's nothing wrong with studying French poetry or or you know, like or <laughs> but like the way that she <laughs> talks about it is very like judgmental of Phil. And uh, like in retrospect, I think it may be giving the movie too much credit, but like I read it as like she's got her guard up. And so she's got all those things. He's asking her questions about her and she's answering honestly, but she's doing it like in a, like a cactus. You know what I mean? She's got, she's still protecting she's herself. She's answering questions like a cactus would. <laughs> right, which is, <laughs> so what did you study in school? Uh, maybe we should get another drink. Maybe loosen you <laughs> up, Mr. Cactus. Maybe we'll get some water by cutting you open. Oh, <laughs> I'll get you in, some water. I don't know. What do you think? Like a tablespoon in two weeks? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. fair, but it, it is funny because, and I just thought of this because we just brought it up, but that she laughs off the sexual harassment, but someone making kind of a lighthearted, maybe not a lighthearted joke, but kind of a dick joke about her, her chosen major in college, which was French poetry. And now she is in, you know, television producing. Right. Um, I imagine that's probably not the first time that someone's made a joke at, at her expense that she's not doing. I know as an English writing major, I've suffered yeah. in my entire life that anytime someone asks me what my major was, that, you know, they like, oh, so now you write emails for a living. And I'm like, you're right. And now I'm furious. Thank you for bringing it up. I study music and I play music for a living and I still make that joke all the time. <laughs> I only have, a, I, I've pulled a DJ and I only have a lot of quotes for the middle part of this movie. Please. Is it, is one, um, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple of times until you told me not to. <laughs> no, that wasn't one of mine. I feel like I got a lot of weird ones that tickled me this time. They're very specific right. quotes that only got me this time. What if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Yeah. <laughs> like a very pointed <laughs> comeback. Um, I Aim high. Like- you don't want to hit the groundhog. I like that one. <laughs> Uh, I liked when he went to therapy during one of his many uh, reincarnations <laughs> and the small town therapist is so pleased with himself. Um, he goes, I have an alcoholic now, <laughs> uh, which is funny to me because um, I feel like Punxsutawney now would be like an epicenter of opioid addiction. Right, um, so yeah. it, it's weird sometimes watching these Hollywood sort of uh, goss, glossy um 
I actually meant gauzy uh, filter views of small town America and how they sort of idealize it. Uh, as someone mm. who has grown up in small town America, I'm like, this place sucks. Not that urban centers are all that great, but let's not be too uh, maudlin about, you know, small town America. And especially now having lived through the Trump administration, part one, hot take, uh, Whoa. That, <laughs> that I'm I'm just like, fuck small town America. Stop telling me how great it is. Bunch of morons everywhere. I'm just saying... Uh, well, it's what almost I meant like, to say was that the therapist probably would have a few alcoholics in his roster. Yeah, that's all point. I'm saying. Well, it's almost as if like people are people wherever you go, and you have the the same kinds of issues, even if they're not identical. You know? True, although some <laughs> of them try to uh, you know stop the uh, American government from doing its business, just doing a casual, not casual, but a a fairly ceremonial process of counting electors. Look, we're just trying to make. <laughs> We're just trying to make the vote count, okay? <laughs> I, I was trying to make that Fuck into a joke, off. but it's just so depressing. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I did uh, also too early for flapjacks. Just to go back to the Too early quotes, for flapjacks? To, too early for flapjacks? Do you want to talk about Ned Ryerson just in general? Ned Ryerson. Um... Needle Nose Ned? Ned the Head? Oh, right. Oh, yes. I do like Ned Ryerson, but he is also another one of these characters where I'm like, no, he's legitimately annoying. Yeah, yeah. And when he, when Phil Connors, during one of his uh, rougher reincarnations, punches him in the face, I'm like, thank you. Also, some excellent physical comedy in that moment because he punches Ned and Ned turns all the way around to the he camera does before falling down. Oh, yeah. it's very good. It's... Like, so cartoonish it's very satisfying in an asmr almost way <laughs> yeah yeah just to watch uh steve tobolowski like completely turn on one angle and his head keeps going i mean it's very it's very very elmer fudd like his head keeps going even though his body stopped turning so that he's facing the camera as he goes down and he's just like a kind of a i mean He's not a creep in a sexual way. He's just like a general, you know, uh, everyday creep, a non-sexual, yeah. platonic He's creep. He's an insurance as salesman. Yeah. But he does have, I mean, he's almost like just an amalgamation of just like little ticks that are just annoying. Someone, he just sort of talk. you can tell, even though you just hear him for the first time, you can tell like every joke he does, he said like 6,000 times. Right. Um, yeah, it's like part of first his. Step. It's a doozy. Yeah. Um, it's part right, of the salesy right, pitch. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? I use that one sometimes. <laughs> 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 what do you think about, I mean, being the official uh, standard bearer of the gay community? What do you think of the his homophobic response to Ned later or his. So oh, late, right, right, right. Like one of the ways he gets rid of Ned in one of the later incarnations is he just says, Ned Ryerson, I don't know. What, I don't know what you've got. Right, he hugs him. And can says, you call him sick? And yeah. just holds him. And he goes, I don't know where you're going, but can you call in sick? Yeah. And first off, I'd like to thank you for being one of the first people to recognize my reelection as the standard bearer for the gay right. community worldwide. Of your 2022 upfront, Anderson Cooper. He put forward a good campaign. Yeah, I mean, but I had the votes in the end. Right. I mean, I I probably have a thicker skin, I think, sometimes than than some when it comes to these things. It's a very uh, '90s joke. It's a very '90s joke. It's not really a plot point, so I'm like, oh, it doesn't sink the movie. Um, it didn't need to be in there, but it also is like, again, I don't want to speak 
as someone not in the, you know, like uh, the butt of the joke, but it's still like, it's not the most egregious thing that we've seen, you know, no. free, even recently. Um, there were actually some points with Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head, that I couldn't tell. They're actually, with Ned the Head and Larry, they get weirdly coded. Needle Nose Ned has sort of a limp wrist thing going on. And I didn't know if that was just like how Steve Toblowski just chose to do the character and I, I'm reading too much into it, or if that was being part of the character. Maybe that's what they were playing off of in that scene with Bill Murray uh, hugging him tenderly. But then also... Uh, later on in the movie, after uh, Phil's lived a few years in February 2nd, 1993, he, uh, he goes around with Andy McDowell showing like he knows everyone's life story. He introduces one of the waiters yeah. in the uh, restaurant. This is, La- I, I can't remember his name, but he, this is, uh, he left uh, Penn State and he's gay. He and, builds toy soldiers and he's gay. <laughs> right. Uh, I am. Then yeah. he... When Larry comes in, Chris Elliott's character, Chris Elliott looks that waiter up and down, which was odd to me. I was like, oh, mm. are we doing like a little uh, oh, I didn't hint at that. Larry? I don't know if that was just like an off, weird off-camera thing where Chris Elliott just looked at him, you know, offhandedly, and it got caught on camera, and now I get to interpret Larry's character as bisexual <laughs> for all of time. Sure, yeah. um, or, but then they it met, also it makes it weird with Larry's character later when we just sort of shit on him for all yeah. of that act three as yeah. some sort of like a uh, gross man that no one would ever want to be with. There are certain people in life where you like, when you get to know them more, it's not good. <laughs> it was it was better at a surface level, and I kind of like that element of of Larry. Is he's like he's not like a bad guy. He's just kind of a creep and like weird. You know what I mean? Like he's not a bad guy. He's just kind of a creep. Well, he's a you know on he's the not level a, of he's creep. Not a, he's not a lecherous creep. He's like you know he's if there's just a f- awkward and it makes it's off putting. On a 10-point creep scale, you know, with <laughs> 10 being the worst, one being not a creep at all, he's like a six. Yeah, okay. I'd give him a six. I don't know. I just know. think I it is, it's just very weird that the movie just sort of starts shitting it on is. him. It is, yeah. It kind of comes out of It's just like- Which almost like it. justifies how Phil, the bad Phil that we're yeah. supposedly, you know, reforming, it almost justifies his treatment of him. Right, right. Like retroactively. Yeah. Do you think during the course of this, of these repetitions, Phil ever gets a hot shower? Because by the end of the movie, <laughs> he's, he's having a pretty good day. He's improving himself. <laughs> yeah. Now, now and I know he's resetting like the pencil that he broke goes back together. So is he whatever state of unshowered that he was that first time? I mean, I'm not a, a Buddhist, but I would say yes. Not I think he's probably okay. cleaner. Cleaner. I feel like this is a very. I think Harold Ramis has talked about this being a very Buddhist idea, um, of him like reliving his life over and over yeah, and over yeah. again until he gets it right. Um, I would say mm. yes. The bacteria on his skin, his epidermis, is probably at the state. Hey, this is a family podcast. <laughs> when he fell asleep at the beginning on February first. I, or, you know, whatever would have grown over the eight hours. Okay. The bacteria aren't caught in a time vortex. Just Phil Connors 
keep that well, in mind. Well, but the other please. people around him, this is an interesting point, not so much about the bacteria, but the other people around him are also caught in this vortex. They are just not cognizant of it because they're all reenacting this same day. There's some really interesting uh, like sci-fi things if you want to go down that road. It's obviously not what this movie cares about. It's not what this movie is. But like, are we aging? You know what I mean? If it's been 34 years, apparently not. Right, are you these, know, you know, 33 years worth of different timelines, you know, yeah. jutting off into different directions? Is there an Andy McDowell, you know, who went to his room and then when she revealed she didn't like Rocky Road, she slapped him in the face. And she then went back she, to Pittsburgh. she went yeah. on with her, you know, February yeah. 3rd and 4th and 5th uh, with uh, Phil Connors that creeped her the fuck out. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, this is a great question. Thank you for asking it. <laughs> well, there's not an answer. You know what I mean? Like, that's, no, right. that's, that's the, you, there's no, but there's no need. Yes. There, there yeah. are all these different versions of it. And he's like sort of stepped timelines. into a place where, uh, the timeline is all converging or whatever. I don't know. It's pretty interesting to think about. Um, and it, I like that. I actually really like that. There's not an answer of how long he was there of what happens in all these things. Do these people age? Are, is anyone else cognizant of this? Like it, it's not the story we're telling. It's yeah, not what the think, movie's interested in, but it is interesting to think about. Like, just like the philosophical and religious implications are interesting to think about, even though the movie's just sort of hinting at them and touching on them. It's like, you can look at it later and be like, you know, these are, here's the Buddhist principles that, at on display here. Here's some Christian principles. Here's like nihilistic. Here's like, you know, the, the stages of grief. You can kind of analyze it all these different ways. And none of that's wrong even necessarily, but it also, it's not, there is still like a, a romantic comedy happening here. It's like right. a romantic comedy with a, a sci-fi twinge. And so it's like, I, I don't know. I think that makes it all the more fun to think no, about because you can go both ways with it. I think they made a right decision in not trying to explain it. The short film yeah. I talked about in the intro, 2000 and, or 12.01 PM. Right. It does try to explain it, and he like finds a scientist that has ta- has mm. like has a theory about these sort of time vortexes or whatever, um, and he tries vortices. to explain exactly vortices. Um, he tries to explain to the scientist that he is in one of these, and the scientist thinks he's completely insane, which is right kind of interesting. And that the guy who probably would be the most amenable to this this guy's plight is like get this crazy person out of my office, please. Yeah. But I feel like it, it it sort of bogs down that movie, and that movie's just like 30 minutes long. So I think this movie made the right decision that it's not really talking about, it's not a sci-fi movie, it's a philosophical movie, philosophical comedy. Right. Yeah, I think the right decision is just not explain it. You you get it in your gut. You understand what what's happening. You don't need right. to know why Phil Connors, of all people, or what has happened you know, we don't need like some sort of like gnome from the future that comes and explains right. why he's stuck in, this, in a white robe. Like you're probably thing, wondering yeah. what's happening. <laughs> Hello, uh, Phil. I think what's important is that like to to acknowledge about the movie is like as we as we repeat all these different scenarios and we come to the same place in time in a lot of them. You know, Pennsylvania Poco remains a jam <laughs> every <laughs> time. <laughs> The Pennsylvania Boca, written by uh, Frank, Frank Yankovic. Yeah. So you can you can take that to the bank. Not related, Ali. It's not a Jake Maggie Gyllenhaal sitch. It's yeah. uh, It's just a coincidence. Al they both played accordion, it. and they Al both earned it. 
this is a movie I've seen a lot of times and a lot of moments. I kind of stopped writing down all the moments that made me laugh because I was like, this is just going to be me quoting and saying <laughs> funny things. But a new favorite moment that uh, that I didn't think about or that I've, is a new highlight this time was when he decides to, I don't know what he pulls out of the van's engine to get it so that he won't, they won't be able to drive away. And so it looked like a spark plug, right? Yeah, it was like, but it was like a big wad of them. I don't know if he took out all the spark plugs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know cars that well, but he's in the thing and he's like clearly like just damaging the van. And he like pulls it out and then people are like, hey, it's Phil. And he like the way he looks at them and he, he doesn't like hide the thing, but he just kind of like <laughs> holds it in his hand and he's kind of like, how you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> just the look on his face. It was a very Bill Murray. It was very good. I'll take the bait. I'll go into this. I, uh, You're like, it was at, the catalytic converter. <laughs> I, I la- laughed at, would you be interested in seeing the inside of a news van, which is a line that Larry <laughs> uses on Nancy at some point. I do like when, when, when Phil is trying to go like whole hog into like winning Annie McDowell's whole character groundhog. over. Good point. Let's just go ahead and recut it. And Benny just put the ground, just take the ground the from ground DJ's dialogue and just staple it onto mine so i'm really funny <laughs> ground hot he when he's trying to win her over uh you know they get that snowball fight fight that breaks yeah. out yeah and then it breaks out a second time and he like goes really creepy on the kids it's like funhouse like, mirror version are of any of all you up for adoption it's really creepy. I also really laughed at when he's just watching uh, Jeopardy, which is probably what I would have done in my first few days. Yeah. Just watch yeah. Jeopardy over and over again and get all the answers. At one point, <laughs> whatever the answer was, he he just stares at the bed and breakfast owner and goes, <laughs> what is the roan? And, and she's so freaked out. I love it. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Oh, also, I want to say... Uh, Two things about some some side characters. Mm. R.I.P. to Willie Garson, who was the the assistant that we only see in Pittsburgh and or Philadelphia at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. He was in uh, uh, White Collar. Yeah, he was in White yeah. Collar. He's in Sex and the City. Yeah. Uh, he's just sort of a character actor, but he passed away, I think it was this year. Yeah, recently. Um, but when I saw him, I was like, ah. But also, baby... Um, Michael Shannon. Baby Michael Shannon is in it. Yeah. As and, little uh, Fred, the guy who goes gets tickets to WrestleMania yeah. with his fiance. There's also a moment right before they get the tickets in that same scene where, you know, uh, Phil and the band are jamming and they like show the crowd <laughs> dancing and you see Debbie and what is it? Debbie and. Is it Fred or Frank? or is, I thought it starts with an F. Yeah, what, what the and Michael Shannon's character. Yeah, and you see Debbie, and she's like doing this wild dance. She's got like <laughs> her eyes are like rolled back in her head, and she's just going nuts. And she's like, bare, it's barely a flash, and she's not even like in the center of the frame. But I just saw it this time, and I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> I do still. I mean, this is a line that always gets me. But side of your eye, side of your eye. I don't know if side it's. Of your eye, um, side of your eye. Because it was featured in the, I feel like the TV the commercials for this yeah. movie oh, over yeah. and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I was waiting for it when I actually watched the movie, but it still makes me laugh that uh, Groundhog, that Bill Bill bit Bill Murray several times. Wouldn't you if you were in that position? What are oh, we doing? Yeah, absolutely. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> we have to. You mentioned the the slaptage, the slap montage. I think in the intro, but there's. Uh, it's set to what I forgot is that it's set to a orchestral version of you don't know me, which is what plays when the first time it almost works where they kind of like far falling for each other. And they, you hear you don't know me by Rachel. Oh yeah. yeah. Excellent. I was thinking of you don't own me, 
Which you is uh, hum, homophonically similar. You don't own me. No, it's, uh, you don't know me. Right. But it's uh, so, you know, you say, and then, like, when she's slapping him, it's, yeah, yeah, that's, I like that. good. The music is pretty dated in this, but there's some really good moments. Yeah, I mean, this is a very montage heavy movie. Lovetage. Which is good because, I mean, he, me and Tyler looked it up uh, according to a combination of some film blogs and Harold Ramis's statements. He probably spends about 33 years living February 2nd, 1993 over and over again. Like Jesus. Which is a long time. Yeah. It used to be shorter than my lifespan, but not, uh, or it used to be longer than my lifespan, and now it's shorter than my lifespan. Because so, you're older, because time passes. That's when I'm starting to realize. <laughs> you know, this movie came out almost. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting, too. These are all interesting trivia facts about Groundhog Day, parenthesis, ni- 1993. Uh, it's, it's true, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler also asked me, he's like, is Groundhog Day associated with uh, this sort of repetition or something? And I was it like, oh. Now. It is now, but it is not. Because of the the, the, yeah. the holiday itself is not. He's like, so this came with this movie. I'm like, yes, yes. Which is, is I think, I think a testament to how impactful the movie is. Because like um, you say, Groundhog Day, it's just part of the right lexicon. It's now. less least... about Groundhog Day, more about being t- trapped in a space time vortex. Right. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to say. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be gray. And it's, and it's gonna, gonna last you. you the rest of your life. Uh, that wasn't it, but I do like that line. At the end, when he's finally won over Andy McDowell, and she says the line you never want to hear in a Southern accent, which is, I bought you, I own you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, they're they're like playing in the snow. Oh, he's doing an ice sculpture of her. Yeah. Does and, he bother me? <laughs> They kiss, and it starts snowing. Mm. I don't know if you noticed. This is the first time I've noticed this watching it. Does it always snow at night on February 2nd for him? Or is that the first Mm. sign that something's clicked and something's different? Because there's actually even a little music cue when it starts snowing, and he looks up. Oh. I don't know. Do we see? We don't see a lot of night. Like no, what it's he mostly does. him fighting with those children and uh, building a snowman with her. He, he picked yeah, up the supplies right. at the snowman store. Well, we don't know exactly when that happens, you know, in context. Maybe, they, maybe they're out later or, right. you know, That's why I always think that this movie yeah. should have a clock always on the right-hand yeah. side so yeah. we know what time of day it is. So we can compare the hours like, in our notes that we take when we're watching a movie. Like 24. Like all of us do. <laughs> Gross. I'm ready to verdict this. You want to go to the verdict? Yeah. Let's do it. There's a smile on my face. Damon, what is your whole, verdict? Oh, human race. I had to get through the phrase. Thank um, you. thank you, DJ. Uh-huh. First off, I'd like to thank the people of Hofstra University for hosting this debate. Uh, Your inner child is not an idiot. Groundhog Day is a fun oh, movie. Just going to drop that bombshell at the top. It's funny. I mean, I think it's it's very much a movie that is buoyed by Bill Murray. 
Oh yeah. It's he's very charming, maybe even too charming that he's supposed to be such a prick at the beginning. I mean, I think that would yeah. be the only flaw only major flaw I would have with the movie is that his character seems like kind of a small town dick. Um right. than than like a something that oh, we've got to change this guy. The first thing we need to do yeah. is make sure this guy's uh, fixed. <laughs> fixed? He seems like a Seinfeld asshole and not a It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia style sure, asshole. Sure, yeah. And maybe that was the point. Like, he's supposed to be a relatable person so that you can, you know... He was redeemable. Maybe the other, you know, you could actually uh, fix it. Like, oh, I am kind of an asshole to my coworkers in a way that they don't aren't particularly threatened by... Sure, maybe. Um, but it's a very charming movie. Even Annie McDowell, who's not... I just feel like I'm just shitting all over her. Um, like she's a Larry in Act 3. But I, she's not my favorite actress in the world, but I think she, uh, this role really suits her very well, and she, she acquits mm-hmm. herself well. This is a great movie. It's fun. It's fun to watch. You know... I like that this movie is played 24 hours a day on February 2nd on some channels. More than A Christmas Story uh, is played 24 hours on channels probably only in the 90s. No longer probably played 24 hours a day. But this is a movie that deserves 24 hours of play. It's fun. And it plays into the theme of the movie. Of the movie. But there's also like not a lot of competition for the day. No, it's it's so. it's it's sweet programming for TBS. Who I I can't confirm that that's who would do it, but they totally would do it. Seems right. Maybe yeah. TNT. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, DJ? Yeah, I agree. Your inner child is not an idiot. That's not a surprise. Um, I I love this movie. There there, it's not without flaw, and you could find some things to definitely be like, ooh, that's that doesn't sit as well as maybe it did in the '90s, and also like, it's not. Super great to read as a character, but the whole thing, the whole movie is about how no one else has agency. So it's harder, <laughs> it's harder to pick on that as far as like men versus women or, or, you know what I mean? Like the, the sort of misogyny of it all. Cause it is like, this guy is self-centered. The movie is centered around him only being the only person who's in this predicament. And I think it fits, it fits his character, it fits Bill Murray's portrayal of this character. He's really funny. If you like hate Bill Murray's shtick. That would be the only case where I'm like, okay, maybe you shouldn't watch Harry this. That is what Harry Xanthopoulos is like. I've seen this before. He's he plays this character all the time. That's my dad. He's yeah. played by Larry David in my in my memories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking here. But yeah, I mean, that would be the case where it's like, okay, well, maybe not. But yeah, I still I still think even if you if you don't like Bill Murray but you've never seen this movie, I think you might give it a watch because it's 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 still really well done. It's still really interesting. It's still pretty funny, you know, like all these kind of things. And I was expecting because I, I always like I never really noticed Andy McDowell's portrayal of this character until you started pointing okay, it out to me not, when we I were mean, roommates. I'm, I feel like I'm no. villainizing myself. I'm in the process of villainizing myself. I feel terrible that when well, I have a criticism of this movie, it's Andy McDowell, the only woman in the movie. Well, and I think I think some of it is fair but then like i so i was expecting this to to be like okay now i'm sort of watching this critically for the first time ever and she's fine she's like you know she's very charming like she's very charming um she's she's pretty you know like she you can see why phil has a thing for her and you can see 
that she, you know, she softens as as Phil improves himself and stops trying to like woo her and starts just trying to be a good person. Mm. You can see that that's actually something that appeals to her, and that makes sense. Like she, rather than cajoling her s- into some sort of sexual relationship by uh, gaslighting well, her, yeah, throughout yeah. When it gives it gives her timelines. character subliminally at least, it gives her character credit that. She can kind of, even though it's not like she knows, oh, you're repeating the same day and just memorizing what I know. But she knows something's up. She knows she's being manipulated. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And I think that's pretty, like, that's a pretty big uh, cap in her character's feather. You know, wait, feather in her. Don't put the cap in the feather. You're going to ruin the feather. That's a perfectly good feather. The cap will survive, but the feather, you're going to have to buy another one. (laughs) Anyway, what do you think, everybody? Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. Your inner child. Sorry, I'm just going to keep repeating. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like the thing. You can uh, leave us a voicemail or text us at 615-576-0525. Um, you can uh, find us on social media, Instagram, and Twitter. We really aren't on there a lot, but we do post to Instagram. So see Damon's great cartoons on Instagram. Yeah, they're, so they're that, great and fun. definitely done in a timely fashion. Definitely not before the next episode drops. Uh <laughs> the following day definitely always in a timely fashion that i think everyone would appreciate and if we had a middle manager he would definitely not call me to his office everyone knows when they're coming <laughs> everyone knows <laughs> what they're gonna be i'm never about. i'm never surprised that they're coming <laughs> that they're due that i need to do them <laughs> i never exclaimed to my boyfriend oh shit <laughs> And then grab my iPad as soon as possible. And then just look at him and go, what's funny about Clue? We want to thank the patrons of our podcast, including Brianna Bailey. Uh, this is a new patron from what I can tell, but I believe because of the exclamation point, I have to say it like this. Shit on the cartouche. <laughs> That's our, our good friend Jacob Grimm. Apparently he changed his patron name a long time ago and I didn't notice. So uh, you know, everybody, if you changed your name, uh make sure you hit me up. <laughs> Send me a message. Because there's a good chance I'll miss it. Um thank you, shit on the cartouche. Thank you, uh Kevin from Cleveland. Josh Frigo. Dramatically placed hot dog. Travis Vance. The supreme ruler of this podcast. Oh, Dimes is Australian accent. No. No, 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 no. Do you know that Emperor His Palpatine honor- was Australian? <laughs> His honor the mayor. Dan McIntyre. Beth Sermont. David Mort. Jonathan Day. Just cause. Scalphosaurus. Ah, yes. Uh, Dr. Malcolm's heaving bosom. Heather Tuggle. Tyler Richardson. Make it so, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Karen Curd. Lindsay Nell. The Zesty. Jeremy Powell Particle Man. Larissa Maestro. And T, the mysterious T. Smith. T. Smith, who just can't get enough of you, once again, unprompted shitting on Christmas. Thank you very much for your support. If you want to support like them, we really appreciate it. Patreon.com slash your child is an idiot. Um, and uh, Damon is going to oh. now sing over the credits. <laughs> what, what I'm your weatherman in its entirety while I uh, I'll accompany you. Oh, yeah. Thank part. you. Uh, just uh, if you want to just <clears throat> count me in, go ahead. One, two, three, four. 
conditions look like a book. Oh, oh did you mess up the? Oh. Qu- that's probably what threw oh. me off of the. the yeah. yeah, if you. I that's probably what threw off the lyrics. Really I gotta quick. tune it. Mm-hmm. 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 Condition boom, scum, but I'll scum, boom, 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 bo